You're a big Peanuts fan, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a, people call me a Peanuts head all the time. <laughs> I just, just can't get enough Peanuts, really. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops. And we are attempting parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 61. Today we're going to be talking about some different articles on parenting and how they can affect your raising a child and which parenting style would be best. Uh, but first, some updates. Justin, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm freshly 40 years old, my friend. Yes, you are, sir. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's my update. I was laying it on thick this uh, last week telling people like, you know, I got to take this while I'm sorry, I got to take care of this while I'm still in my 30s. Or, you know, <laughs> you, you seek out somebody who's 30 years old and be like, guys like us in our 30s, you know, we got to do this and that. So I had a real good run of that uh, here in the last week. But now it's all over. It's all over for me, Mark. I'm 40. Yeah. It's downhill. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't care about the age at all and like uh, the number of it. Um, it never really registered with me. And I actually had a pretty good birthday and felt pretty positive. It didn't matter. But um, for some reason, 37 really got me down, man. I didn't like turning 37. And I think mm. I got all of it out of my system, like the loathing and the fearfulness and all that when I when I was that age and I, mm. I hated it so much even to the point that when I turned 38 I was happy to just be out of 37 wow nice beyond it and it was good uh the reasoning is I feel like that's the beginning of your late 30s you know you get your yeah. early 30s mid 30s late 30s yeah and it's like well I'm in the late 30s now like I can't even pretend that I'm in the young crowd I'm just I'm done for and uh, <laughs> then I had a few like you know extra back problems and stuff surfaced when I was 37 <laughs> and I felt like I was falling apart so then I was 38 put it behind me and I've never looked back since so nice. don't care at all about being 40 was fine did you have That's an age yeah did you have any age where it, you just didn't like that age uh I don't know that I had an age I didn't like the age but mm -hmm. I definitely had that like age crisis. Mm -hmm. Mine happened at 25. Whoa, early bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. I think because at that point in my life, I dropped out of like four different colleges. And I was just <laughs> yeah. kind of like floundering. Like I, I didn't know what to do. And I was just kind of lost. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't had anything since then. I mean, 40s, 40s. A few years back now but yeah i don't remember it being terrible yeah. yeah late 30s definitely felt worse for sure yeah i've always like uh felt like the right amount of time has passed you know some people say like it feels mm. like a long time feels like a short time i don't know what it is but i always just feel like it's exactly the right amount of time so when i turned 40 nice. i'm like yeah i feel 40 i'm i'm definitely 40 um i don't and... feel f over 40 though Oh, really? I don't. Like, I still feel like I could be 30. Like oh, if yeah. I, yeah. I feel no different. I'm definitely 40. If anything, I'm like 48 or something. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm old, man. And uh, there was the old, like, this is a 90s SNL quote, but it was like, uh, I think it was Jim Carrey playing Jimmy Stewart. And he said, if you're only as old as you feel, then I died six years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> I've always sort of carried that around. That's where I am. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel, if anything, like bodily and mentally and everything, I'm just much, much older. But I, you know, 40, I stand on that. I think that that's accurate. Hmm. I guess that's good then. That's good that you feel good about it. Yeah. And, um, it, it's a bit odd, I guess, when you have a one-year-old and you're 40, and then mm. uh, you start to do the math on it, which I could have done at any point in time, but you realize, like, well, when he's 40, then I'm going to be, like, you know, 79, I guess. Dead. Yeah, I'll be long <laughs> dead. Uh, but then you're talking about 80, and it's like, when he's as old as me, I'll be, like, a very old man. Like, my parents are not that old. They had me when I they were 23, Damn. So they're 23 years older than I am. They're in their early 60s. Uh, but when Nico's at this phase of his life, I'll be like rounding 80 octogenarian style. Hmm. And that's totally different 
thing. So yeah, I think about that a lot, actually. Oh like yeah, how old our kids are going to be when we're geriatric? You know? Yeah, yeah, and like, they'll probably, you know, when you're in your thirties, you're still kind of finding your footing. I would say. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Maybe not locked into your career and all that sort of stuff, and then, uh, yeah, that's yeah, kind of wild. It's nicer if you're a bit older when your parents finally kick off or need round the clock yeah. care. But but uh, at the same time, like I couldn't imagine having a kid in my twenties or thirties. Like I was totally not ready for a kid back then. Yeah, and I just don't understand people having kids in their twenties. Like, how do you have that experience to? raise a kid at that age that's not yeah. going to mess them up i don't think i could have it seems like patience comes on a lot with age and then that patience is immediately useful in raising a young child yeah and then there's also it's maybe a little bit hand in hand with patience but you just don't feel the need to go out and party and be a lunatic all the time uh, and so sometimes yeah well you're an exception <laughs> but it's like you're not suppressing yourself constantly because basically i don't want to go out anyway so i just want to come home and then that's where i should be so it all like, right. works out very naturally right but if i were like 23 i would just want to go run out and be a madman yeah exactly so, yeah there's a lot uh that's good about being an older parent but then yeah, then you start thinking down the road, and it's like, ugh, the math doesn't work out very well, does it? <laughs> this isn't looking good for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so anyway, that's my own personal update. The um, nice. Uh, the Nico update that you were here for just like thirty minutes ago. Mm. He just walked his little booty off. Um, mm. up until like yeah, like an hour before this recording time. He had only ever taken one tentative step at a time and then would sort of fall or maybe get like a one and then another half step or something. But he just hauled off and walked, uh, I think it was 12 steps in a row. That's and what it looked like. Yeah, my wife had the camera on, so she ran up here and showed us the video. So he's officially like a walking fool now. And I yeah. don't think there's any going backwards on that. I think it's just going to be new records every day. And he'll yep. be running around the house this time next J-Pops episode. Nice. Yeah, so we got a walker. It's official. At 16 nice. months, he's an active walker. It seems a little late, but it seems also like right on time. Yeah. I don't know. I well, can't gauge when a kid's supposed to walk anymore. Not. Yeah. It just, I think it's whenever they're ready. Yeah, we had the, you know, my wife mentioned it to the daycare staff since they deal with kids all the time at that age and said, mm. you know, he's very tentative and he doesn't seem to be interested in walking. And they said rightly, like, it's not even a concern. You know, kids will walk when they want to walk and it's fine. Right. Um, my I think we had the bar set by Nico's cousin, who's just like less than a year older than him. She was running at ten and a half months. I mean, she Crazy. was unstoppable running at ten and a half so uh Just but she's prodigy yeah she's a real risk taker and she's not afraid of any of the new stuff that life mm. has to offer uh nico's a lot more like uh he's just tentative that's his main thing so he mm. doesn't want to dive in like that but anyway he is now he's nice. there yep so how about your two children's <clears throat> uh good good moe just had a checkup for number two uh yeah two days ago we're still calling her number two because we're undecided on a name still. Mm -hmm. I think at this point in the pregnancy with Coda, we had picked him, picked his name. Oh, yeah. So we're we're definitely going a lot slower this time. Mm. But hopefully soon we'll get the name. But I guess she's doing pretty well. Um, she's right in the median for that chart to, mm -hmm. to see how she's doing. So she's perfectly average. She just crested... Uh, a kilogram i guess all right so it seems like she might be more in the uh moe mold in terms of her size way. yeah yeah interesting they, i i can't remember i thought i asked about legs before and they i think she mentioned they're still longer than usual oh yeah so we'll see all i don't right. know yeah got a little hurdler there that's good uh Moe has been going back actually and listening to some of the old episodes that we did from mm -hmm. the same period, week periods that she's in. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was telling me about your, I guess, this week in the episodes 
you had told the story about fainting from blood. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and she was laughing about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's a recurring theme in my life, fainting yeah. from blood loss. So um, I've got more stories where that one came from. If you ever want to uh, hear them, Moe. She was also asking, I guess we were talking about those uh, subscription service toys. Yeah, I was just thinking Kimiko? about that today. Kiwico? Yeah. Yeah, Kiwico. Yeah. yeah, did you guys ever go through with that? We didn't. I mean, I just by chance, I was thinking about that earlier today and how we never pulled the trigger on that thing. But they were expensive. Yeah. And it's like we are so laden with toys and he's yeah. so entertained because there's just always a new thing that he can see for the first time. Right. Like, we just gave him a harmonica, like just a real, you know, like a cheap one, but just a harmonica that we had in the house. Hmm. And um, he knows what's supposed to happen with it, but he can't really figure out how to like blow with enough force, but it keeps him entertained. And I feel nice. like something as simple as handing your kid a random whatever you have around that's a bit new or a bit different or has some different features. That's just as good as KiwiCo, at least for a few years, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think so. But and um with all the used stuff in shops around here, like I, I always felt like that was too expensive. Mm-hmm. When you can just go and get a similar thing for like a quarter of the price. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point of like, even when you know you finish the paper towels, I'll hold on to the paper towel roll and just hand that to him, just because mm. it's a totally different thing that he's never seen before, and he can like bang it on stuff and look through it like a telescope and. I like, wouldn't I wouldn't dare give that to Coda. He yeah. would eat the whole thing in a matter of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big he's a healthy eater, Coda. He Dude, likes fiber. Just chews on everything. Yeah. I forget what it was, like a week ago or something. He had he just found something like papery, mm-hmm. took a bite out of it. And I was like, <laughs> paper's missing. <laughs> uh, man, I do it with uh, every time we get a delivery of any kind which is often because we order a lot from Mercari. I'll take whatever the cardboard box was and just like lay that on the floor. And it's, oh, there's good toy action for three days, that new box. So, um, wow. Was he, was he ever a chewer? Nico? Not really. I mean, he did go through a phase when he was a a young, young baby and just would put everything in his mouth because it was like a new thing for him. But he will like, he would chew on the edge of something, but just for a second and then not like it and, and move on. Oh man, Coda, he just gets everything. The other day, like he was just like, you know, he's cruising along the couch pretty well. And I just saw him like start like chomping on the corner of the couch. I was like, what are you? Are you a cat? There's going to be a nice big stain right on that corner. Yeah. Excellent. One of millions. Um, What about old codes updates? Anything in particular? Um, yeah, what do I got? He's uh he's still in his 14th month, almost 15 now. Um <clears throat> he's been healthy. It's been almost 3 weeks now. I don't want to jinx myself cuz we have one more day to go mm-hmm. in this week. Uh without a fever and without getting sent home from daycare. Wow. 3 weeks. It's his like a dream. It's like a dream. That's great. But he has had some diarrhea this past week, so there is Ooh. something going on. But it, it's not keeping him out of daycare, which is good. And I, he's not close to walking, I don't think. But he's definitely standing freely on his own now, and okay, he's pretty good with that. But so I, I'd assume in another month or so, mm-hmm. maybe right behind Nico. Yeah, we do practice a lot though, like. We'll go all the way from the bathroom to the to the dining table, holding mm-hmm. his hands and making him walk the whole way. Okay. So we get him a lot of practice, and he's really good at it. It's just about like, I think he's really likes having us there and doing stuff with him. Mm-hmm. That for him, it's more of like if I sit down and cry, they'll come over and pick me up, mm-hmm. and then I don't have to walk. Yeah, I think. Um... That's a big thing I've noticed with Nico as well. It's more about the, uh, like, I just want you to be there with me and then we can do it. Uh, Somehow we never got into the groove of what you're talking about where he just holds onto your hands and kind of Mm. like, you know, walks with your assistance. And I don't know why, but I guess he's so good at crawling really quickly 
and then he had walkers and stuff so if he wanted to walk he could do it but uh we only started doing that thing in the last maybe couple of weeks uh Hmm. kind of routinely and lo and behold he just started walking tonight so i think if we had been doing that like three months ago maybe he would have been walking like a long time back yeah we haven't done it for very long yet either maybe a couple weeks now yeah it could be the missing piece of the puzzle i don't know yeah it could be i think the daycare does that with him and that's kind of where we got the idea i think Uh uh-huh yeah they try to do that assisted walking yeah it's one of my fears now like um uh nico can eat like a whole meal with a fork and a spoon now nice um we went to coco ichiban last night actually and uh they have like really great options for kids food no matter how young your kid is even if your kid's just like a tiny baby you can just order baby food at coco ichiban it's like on the menu it has a price and everything it's just you know less than a dollar but then they really step it up little by little so there's like a tiny little bowl of like a gentle curry that they have just for like a one-year-old it's really perfect Mm. and uh we we got that and he was being a bit fussy and I was like, I know he wants to eat this by himself, but I don't want to deal with the huge fallout of the mess that it's going to make. Hmm. But I thought there's probably like a, there's a slight chance he could just do it. So I just handed him the spoon and he just spooned the whole bowl of curry into his mouth. It was crazy. Nice. Sit there wow. and ate it up. I think he got like 90% of the way there and then I had to hold him and help him finish it off. But he just like, like an adult man just ate a curry <laughs> and uh, he had a tiny little beer. It was precious, but he, um, he just did it. But now it's like you lose the control as the parents and you know that the messes are coming because right. you're trusting like the drink and the food and the utensils right. to the baby. Um, and I feel like walking is exactly the same thing that now it's going to be like, I want to walk there. And it's like, okay, yeah. I hope we have 45 minutes because we have to walk across the parking lot. Um, yeah. I know that that's coming and it's a necessary step, but um, I feel like you're going to have to adjust, you know, what used to maybe be easy is now going to get harder. We were, we were just at the Eon last weekend um, and I had Coda in the stroller while Moe was buying some some like baby stuff or something. And I caught the eye of another dad with his little girl, mm-hmm. probably like a couple months older than Coda, but she was walking and they were just doing laps around one single clothing rack in the <laughs> Eon. And he was just like slowly right behind her. Like you could see it in his face. Like this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's no. um, yeah. That, there's a there's that probably happens a thousand times in raising a child. It's, yeah, <laughs> this is my life now, and it's always <laughs> a slightly different thing. But yeah, the uh, independent walker. That's going to be the next one. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Eon, um, I was there the other day, and if you'll excuse my language, there's like the the kids play area, which I talked about before, actually. Mm. Uh, that Nico like independently went up the slide and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we went back to that Eon, went back to that play area, and there was a dad sitting on the side, and he had a black T-shirt on, and then in white, huge white letters, it said, Lady fucking Gaga. That's <laughs> the whole <laughs> shirt, man. Not even a design or anything, just like... Not a picture? <laughs> no picture, just plain white letters across it. And just like watching his like one-year-old baby girl toddle around in this play area with all the other babies and all the other parents and it's just such a great difference in america you just couldn't get away with it but um in japan oh yeah nobody bats an eye it was so i love when you're walking around a grocery store and there's just suddenly some like some some rap song comes on and you're just like wow this is like way inappropriate but nobody understands anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and no problem no problem Uh, well, I guess we can abandon these updates and take the ferry to Segmenton. I'll. Yo, what? <laughs> Segmenton Isle. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll too then. I'll Let's I'll go. too. Clean up. Okay. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, what are we doing today? Today we're going to talk about some articles that I found about different parenting styles and ways that maybe they can help, maybe they can't. I don't know. Yes, I have read these. Uh, you sent them on to me. The first one is on a obviously fake website called healthnews.com. <laughs> is this a real <laughs> site? I've never been to this site before. It's a real site. Okay. Uh, healthnews.com. Uh, this is from March 2023, and it's called Gentle Parenting Trend. What do psychologists say? Mm. So, um, first of all, this article breaks down what it calls the four main types of parenting. And I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. Mm. Uh, number one is authoritarian parenting, which um, is done in communist China. No, it's uh, authoritarian parenting <laughs> is like one-way communication. Parent sets the rules. Parent doesn't explain the rules. The parent just tells the kid what he's got to do. This feels very Japan style to me. Um, yeah, it may. I, I, it put me in mind of like 1950s, 1960s America or something. Yeah. Like that last era of seen but not heard kind of yeah. parenting. You know, leave it to Beaver yeah. style. Um. So not that Leave It to Beaver featured abusive parenting, but <laughs> that was actually pretty nice in that show. But that sort of era of uh, right. you know, dad comes home and has a whiskey and slaps the kids around. <laughs> Again, it, it didn't happen in Leave It to Beaver. Oh, God. I'm going to get a libel suit from June. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, no. Anyhow, that's authoritarian parenting. We can all picture it. Uh, the next one, confusingly, is called authoritative parenting. Yeah, this is very confusing. Yeah. And authoritative parenting, I think, is just the gentler version. And it's actually the one that this article claims is sort of gets the best results. So mm. uh, the idea is that there is a, a nurturing relationship with the child. You have expectations. There's two-way communication. Uh, mm. But there's also like very fair discipline that comes in. And your discipline is supposed to support, but not only punish the child. Mm. Uh, and it says that it creates, you know, I would say more well-rounded kids, like confident, independent, and doing well in school and, and that sort of thing. Mm. So authoritative seems to be the, the gold standard, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Then we've got number three, permissive parenting. Uh, it's when you take more of the friend role and you're warm and nurturing sort of only. And um, one may say to a fault, uh, then the kid can develop the unhealthy habits of whether it's innocent stuff, relatively innocent stuff, like not having a good diet, not having control right. over TV, gaming time and stuff like that. But probably into adulthood, it leads to more, um, I don't know, like they just don't have the toughness to discipline themselves through early adulthood, I would say. Yeah. And then when you do try to discipline them, like say like, no, you got to stay home and do homework. They'll be like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get on equal footing with the kid and that's not good. Yeah. Um, when they need direction, of course. Uh, then there's number four, which is uninvolved parenting. And I read that and I was like, sign me up. I didn't know that was a choice. <laughs> is that an option? I don't have to do anything. Uh, but so I thought uninvolved parenting, I thought they were just going to bash like absentee parents or whatever. That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> yeah, it actually has some measure of validity to it, of some kind of logic, I guess. And it's that mm. basically you're just so hands off that the kid is meant to do and figure out everything themselves and become like truly self-sufficient and independent. Right. Um, but then uh, the issue is that like, you've kind of sacrificed the relationship a little bit. Yeah. And uh, also you haven't modeled how to have a relationship for the kid. So then the right. kid's not going to know how to approach things in his future and this and that. So uninvolved parenting is probably a little bit too hands-off. In, in my life, I can easily picture people for mm -hmm. each one of these styles, not not necessarily my own family, yeah. but like friends or, you know, distant relatives who yeah. completely fit each one of these molds. Yeah. You know, now that you mention it, I can too. I can think of a single person for each one. It's like, yeah. yep, nailed it. That's exactly right. Parenting style. And you don't, I don't even think any of them realize that they do it that way. Because clearly, like, a lot of parents don't read this stuff before they get into parenting. They're just like, I'm here. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of personality affects how your parenting style is. Yeah. Uh, if you're unintentional about it anyway. Yeah. And then that's kind of what happens. But man, I had that exact thought, um, but a little bit kind of in defense of just doing what you want to do. Like um, mm. if you feel generally even killed and you think you're doing things the right way and you can objectively assess that about yourself, then it makes sense that you should just kind of carry a lot of your personality through into your parenting style and just do what feels natural. And right. I think a lot of that builds up like very healthy and realistic expectations from the child. Like, mm. um, oh yeah, he's usually really cool and really fair. And then sometimes he does get frustrated with me and I get in trouble, you know, like that. And that's right. what's going to happen in life. That's everything. Yeah. So you have to, you know, some good comes your way, some bad comes your way. And as the parent, you're the main authority figure who would have to instill that kind of pattern to the kid. Mm. So, um, uh, but then there's always that fine line, like, what if you are a real, like, not a great person for some reason, and then you don't <laughs> recognize that. And uh, then you don't want that advice to take hold with that person. Like, yeah, hey, just go on doing your not great thing with your kid, because you do you, man. Like, right. So it's it's hard advice to really put out there. Um, yeah. So this is really one of those, um, you know, suss it out for yourself, try to be as honest with yourself as you can, and then maybe take a bit of advice from every column, but try to stay true to yourself too, if that's the right thing. And uh, it's hard to get like a one size fits all advice line from this, I think. It always amazes me that we're basically at this point in human evolution, mm -hmm. and we don't have a finite answer to the most effective way to parent. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Because we have like, we have so many like structured systems in place for how to do things correctly and how to get the best outcome. But yeah. people, we can't figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, um, this is a weird thing, but it reminds me of uh, the Herman Melville novel, Billy Bud. <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> anybody's up on their Melville <laughs> um, it's just one of those things where, like, if you look at the uh, analysis of that novel through the generations, it changes depending on what that generation's oh. predominant take is. Okay. So, like, in, in the old days, in much more religious times, it was like, oh, Billy Budd is a symbol for Christ, obviously. Huh. And uh, that's when everything had to be sort of like, you know, Christian in right. the United States. But then... Um, as time went on, especially uh, through like more awareness of uh, LGBT issues, now people are like, Billy Budd is obviously gay. And that's what's different about him. And then like, you can analyze mm. that book through so many different ways. So I would say that something like that is happening with the parenting style. It's like there's some like uh, undercurrent sure. of what's right in society. And then everybody sort of gloms onto it in that era of this is how you need to raise your kids. And then right. a generation goes by and maybe some shortcomings are pointed out. And then everybody kind of shifts and says, this is the way. And then it's hard to get an objective readout because it's like the temperature keeps changing generation to generation. It's hard mm. to compare one to the next, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. So gentle parenting. Yes. The supposed fifth style they're talking about here. Mm-hmm may or may not be a fifth style <clears throat> i guess the goal of this one is to raise children that are supposed to be confident independent and happy mm -hmm. uh, which i assume would be the goal of everyone of them yeah. mm -hmm. uh, they aim to do this by um, planning how to respond to positive and negative behaviors ahead of time um, keeping a consistent schedule with kids in their daily activities so lunch dinner sleep times, TV times, that kind of stuff. And then working together as a family to talk about and discuss issues or anything that comes up so that you have like a common ground. And there's also a window left open for like some discipline. It says um, hmm. uh, like the child may lose some privileges in some instances and things like that. Uh, so yeah, for me, the uh, gentle parenting, which is the new fifth way that's being proposed by uh, someone in a in a book, um, <laughs> it, it also says, uh, by the way, 
Um, it says the approach focuses on empathy, respect, understanding, and healthy boundaries, and the parents act like a coach. So you're basically trying to coach your kid through handling various situations, even if it's their own behavior. Like the example here is they are they keep making you late for stuff because they're not getting ready in the morning. Then you can mm -hmm. like coach them through it, and then like discipline can come into play if they are still not uh, getting in gear. Uh, hmm. So. Anyway, for me, this was not very distinguishable from authoritative parenting, which is the one we talked about before that's kind of like the gold standard because right. it says there's you know discipline in both ways. Uh, it's a nurturing relationship. It's two-way communication. And I couldn't really draw such a, a line between those two styles. Mm. So, I mean, I'm if it is the same, then yeah, I'm, I'm for it either way, I guess. I just liked the authoritative parenting model yeah i'm not sure what the difference is and how they kind of classify this new one mm -hmm. but i would agree with you yeah it does say uh which you covered already but the tips for adopting gentle parenting it says planning consistency and yeah. teamwork but like authoritative parenting doesn't exclude planning consistency or teamwork right. either so it's kind of um, six of one, half a dozen of the other. and uh, But I, th I think it's all generally good. It's just mm. not too distinct for me. I think it still comes back to like taking a piece of everything kind of. Because mm -hmm. it's hard to like just do one style one way. I mean, if you're parenting in that way, it feels very clinical in my yeah. mind. Yeah, like There's no way I could do that and then also kind of be there empathetically for coda yeah and it's also like your kid doesn't get a real taste of who you are because right. you're constantly second guessing yourself and trying to layer on this parenting model that you read about you know mm. um so i would hope that there's like more room for authenticity in things um, mm. that you do with your kid uh you found a second article here this is uh, on fortune.com and yeah. uh, the headline here is positive parenting positive is in quotes positive parenting protects kids brains from damage caused by stress according mm -hmm. to a new study but there's a catch this was published june 15th 2023 so just earlier this month um and it seems like uh well first of all positive parenting is says defined by uh, warm, supportive, validating, and responsive uh, approaches by the parents. Right. Um, I don't think this is a style. This is more just like a a method, I guess, or a... yeah, like a disposition on the part yeah. of the parent, even. Um, but it's basically a parent who comes at it from that like very kind, nurturing side. Mm. And it says uh, it had a protective effect on children ages 10 to 17 who experienced major stressors like illness, poverty, or the death of a loved one. Hmm. So, um, and it's not just like, oh, stress is bad, but they um, they sort of define it in physical terms. They said that uh, stress places children at higher risk of behavior problems and decreased volumes of hippocampus. So, uh, yeah, the hippocampus is right where you form new memories in the brain. And apparently they've linked stress in uh, children 10 to 17 to like decreased size of hippocampus. So then your learning is affected, your memory is affected, mm. and that sort of thing. And then if uh, you can have a parenting style that reduces the effects of stress, well, then that could be quite positive. It says here they uh, studied... Uh, they followed nearly 500 children. They used, uh, they did MRIs on these children and um, the kids who uh, were parented via positive parenting had less ill effects from stressful events. But the interesting part of this, they said um, that the kid has to feel that he or she is being exposed to positive parenting. Like right. imagine the cases the parent reports, yes, I do positive parenting. But then the right. kid doesn't also report like, you know, no, my parents not positive. What are you talking about? <laughs> then it's a douche. <laughs> yeah. That kid would show no positive effects right. of the parents' alleged positive parenting. 
So um, that kind of says to me, you have to have your kid on your team with it. And then there's a lot to finessing that as the adult, you know, because sometimes the kid needs a discipline in some way just to help them. Like, you know, you got to pass your test at school, put down your games and study. You know, like you have to get that stuff done sometimes. Mm. And then if the kid's like, taking that hard and viewing that really negatively, then they're losing the effect of what you're trying to do positively. So it seems like quite an art for the parent to be sure that the kid is experiencing this the way that you're intending. Right. I think all parents, I, I guess, would think of themselves as being positive in their parenting style. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to do the best for their kids and they're trying to help them in the best way that they know how which I think is a lot of the issue in parenting because they're not seeing it from the kid's perspective. Yeah. So that might be the key to this, like going as the parent, like saying like, okay, is is my action and my, I guess, demand being perceived positively or negatively? Hmm. Like, and how can I work with the kid to make this seem like a more positive experience? Yeah. So there's a real like classic intention versus perception thing going on. Mm. And it's about really communicating effectively so that the perception on the part of the kid is lining up with what you're intending to do. And um, uh, yeah, I think, I guess just open lines of communication can get you most of the way there. And then kind of having the kid, um, you know, they say like the best way to learn something is to teach it. So maybe have the kid sort of, explain why it's good you know so they can convince Mm. themselves of it or something just to be sure you're on the same page right uh, as long as it's not too onerous i guess Mm. Uh, so uh this article goes on to give a bit of um like some factors for healthy caregiving um in terms of like being positive uh and the factors are playfulness so uh that the parent and child are like doing things positively together like play you know which is fun Mm. uh acceptance so this is like the sort of unconditional love so that the kid can come to you with anything um and uh yeah don't label the kid as good or bad but just like help them through whatever the thing is then uh curiosity so you've got to um you know it's pretty simple but just stay interested in the kid what the kid's doing and then hopefully the kid will be interested in you too. And then the last one is empathy. And this is the obverse of playfulness. I would say uh, if playfulness is experiencing positive things together in a, in a good way, then empathy is experiencing negative things together, but in a good constructive way. Hmm. So playfulness, acceptance, curiosity, and empathy. These are the, the cornerstones, I would say, of uh, positive parenting. I wonder, this says like 10 to 17, but I wonder at what age, like you could start with this kind of process and like kind of help your kid grow into that a little bit. Yeah. I assume like from their ages now, from like a year, I mean, they can't understand it obviously, but they will. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's, you know, it's good to uh, to go for it ASAP. So you know, you kind of lay the groundwork in some way. Good. That's all. Uh, that's all we had for segmentsville. Yes. Well, let's um, get out of. Uh, oh, segments. Seg. Seg. seg <laughs> where are we? It's the segment <laughs> peninsula. Sure. Let's get out of here and take the highway back to the mainland, and uh, let's. Uh, Go over to Japanese of the day. Okay. Um, this is baby centric. The word is hi hi. Mm. And uh, hi hi is a noun, and it's a way of saying crawl or crawling, mm. the act of crawling. Um, it comes from the verb hau or hau. Uh, hau means to crawl, of course. And so in Japanese, a lot of times you change a verb to a noun by putting an I at the end of it, uh, changing the, the ending to an I. So then hai becomes crawl and hai hai 
is what they say for crawling around like a baby. Did you mm. know this already? I knew hi hi. Yeah. I did not know it, but my wife told me about it yesterday. Somehow I oh. missed the fact that hi hi means crawling all this last year. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Crazy. Uh, I also have an update on the Japati from last time. Oh, uh, okay. I don't even remember it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I barely. <laughs> did. Uh, it was um, nene, which oh, is right, right. Uh, like kids, uh, you right. know, a word for sleep, basically. Yeah. And um, I said that the ne, like from the nene, that first ne came uh. from, uh, came from. Like nemui, which means sleepy. Mm. It's an it's an honest assumption, right? The word sleepy, the word to sleep. One would assume that they're connected somehow. Sounds the same. Oh, but they are not, my friend. Um, <laughs> w- what I learned is that uh, nemuru, the ne in that, which means s- to sleep, right? Mm. Uh, and I was told that the kanji are different in uh the word sleepy and the word sleep and that i had chosen the wrong one of course they are yeah so somehow there's a difference in kanji between two (laughs) nearly identical words and this is this is how you know it's japanese when (laughs) when something that should be the same is wildly different and then you end up making a mistake so um i would encourage everyone to look it up for yourselves (laughs) because (laughs) i uh i can't get to the bottom of it and um my wife explained it to me and how it was wrong. And I said, actually, I'm going to go ahead and uh, consider <laughs> Japanese wrong on this one. <laughs> because you can't have sleep and sleepy be different in it's writing pretty, when it's they're pronounced crazy. the same. Yeah. Like you oh, have boy. kanji with different pronunciations. Yeah. Then you just have the same pronunciation with different, different kanji. Different kanji, yeah, that are so similar. <laughs> uh so anyway, I retract what I said about nene, uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't understand I why I'm doing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I should in all good well, conscience. This is, this is why we're not very good. Yeah, this explains it. <laughs> to a T. All yeah. right, let's put Japati behind us as quickly as we can and get okay. on to McQuiffy. So this week, I uh, I have a question for you. It kind of relates back to the uh, the segment that we just talked about. And mm-hmm. uh, this might be like too introspective for you. I don't know. We'll see mm-hmm. when we get there. But looking back from your, I guess, your fraternal generations at this point, um, like your, do you know how your grandfather's relationship was with your dad? Mm-hmm. And then how that kind of informed your dad's relationship with you. And then how do you see that informing your relationship with Nico? Like, yeah. Cause the generally generationally, they, they, they're all different probably. Oh yeah, for sure. This one, there's going to be a big like uh question mark in this one, because this is the wild story on my dad's side, but his uh, father died when my dad was two and oh, crazy. Um, and my not it was it wasn't only my dad but the kids were this isn't exactly right it's off by a couple months in one direction or another but the kids were essentially one two three and four wow and the one and the two-year-old were still in diapers and then the three-year-old had a, a sort of spine problem so then he was also in diapers so he had three uh three kids in diapers the four-year-old was the oldest one and then the husband the husband dies and so then my grandmother was a single mother um tough lady yeah for sure and to this day she i mean she's uh like the sharpest person um she's like very you know organized fastidious she after she like got the kids up to the age that they could go to school she got a job as an accountant and her whole Mm -hmm. life has just been about like uh, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, everything has to be done right because if not, things are going to fall apart very quickly. So okay, um, she's like really fastidious with all that sort of stuff. But then that means that there wasn't a relationship there uh, that my dad would remember that probably informed much of his upbringing in terms right. of the father. The relationship would be that there wasn't a father there and it was more like 
uncles and people in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Right. So um, I've always, I've often wondered about that. Like uh, what would have been different, you know, if like he had a, a dad growing up and then if that would have changed anything about him, changed anything about me, but it's just mm. like, too big of a question to even know the answer to. So yeah. I have no idea actually. Interesting. Yeah. But how about you? Uh, kind of similar, actually. My grandpa died when my dad was 13. I think. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he had four or five sisters at that point. Mm-hmm. Also a big family. And then they just moved around a lot, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that left a lot of question in my dad's ability. Because mm-hmm. he, you know, in his formative years, I guess, wouldn't have had that father figure to kind of give him any insight into you know what he should be doing when a kid's a teenager or whatnot yeah and yeah i think it he did a good job i don't want to like dog on him or anything but Mm -hmm. it's definitely looking back and seeing like a lot of the things that i remember him doing and not doing Mm -hmm. versus a lot of the things that i do now it's like wow there's there was a lot of gap (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. there's yeah he was yeah there's also the different. age difference. Like, um, I was a, I was a first time father at 39 and right. no 38, I guess 38 and then became right. 39, uh, pretty early on. But my dad was a first time father at 23. And That's uh, true. like, I had a dad for my whole childhood and he obviously didn't, you know, from the age of two, my grandmother never remarried either. So, um, yeah, it, it's like, such different experiences Um, yeah and exactly as you say i wouldn't like criticize anything i would just say like it would have to be very different uh yeah if like his dad had lived a long time it just couldn't help but change somebody to have or not have a father like that so yeah it would have been different but i just can't imagine how really because another thing is i don't know much about the that grandfather you know i mean yeah he died in like 1961 or something. It was so long ago uh, that there's obviously no video. There's just like a couple of photographs right. and um, it wasn't really like a, a big talking point when I was growing up, like what he was about. So it's just been so long before. Hmm. Man, th- we're going to have so many videos and pictures and stuff like of our generation going yeah. forward. Like you're going to be able to paint like a pretty clear picture of who somebody was. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Whereas, uh, like, when we were growing up, like, it was like you had, like, a vague story and an idea of <laughs> yeah. some relative. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I think they had black hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, like, if you go back to a great grandparents generation, in my case, and I saw a picture of them, I couldn't pick them out of a lineup, you know? Yeah. And maybe there'd be a chance with a great grandparent that I knew when they were very old and I was a young child, but you go to great, great grandparents and it's like, they're a complete stranger, you know, it's just like your grandparents and grandparents and they mean nothing. (laughs) Like they're (laughs) totally lost to time. Uh, It's just, it blows my mind how quickly that turns over, you know? Yeah. And I guess we're now the first generation where everyone's like so documented. Um, Hmm. Uh, Norm Macdonald has a, a joke about this that <laughs> Brian wouldn't let me get away without mentioning, but he said, uh, talking about how, yeah, in the old days, you had everybody had one picture and, and that sort right. of thing. But now it's like, hey, uh, you want to see uh, 100,000 pictures of my grandfather? <laughs> you know, like when we're the grandparents' age. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a significant change. And there has to be something in the future that comes along that like some service will come along and they're like, do you want us to recreate your holographic grandfather based on his million Facebook posts and uh, like oh, all God. the all the photos from all the angles and we can generate oh, this no. new 3D version of him or something? That has worked to happen out. eventually. I should have worked out more. Yeah. <laughs> you better get on those crunches, <laughs> Mark. Come on. Yeah. Uh... Uh, but yeah, I wonder about stuff like that in the future. You'll have like a really probably fully fleshed out representation <clears throat> of us right. uh, as sort of that first generation of people who are documenting themselves at that level. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, good McQuiffy answer and tangent. Yeah. McQuiffy. Good cue. Uh, we've got to sneak in those dad jokes. Let's do it. I got two. I've got three. So do it i will club sandwich your dad jokes 
okay. in my slices of bread. Oh, wait, wait. Before we get to dad jokes, though, oh. I think I would be remiss if I didn't revisit the segment from before. That second article that we talked about, uh, positive parenting, that was in uh, it was hmm. on fortune.com. The um, the research was published in the medical journal. Uh, <laughs> it was published in the medical journal, <laughs> Penos Nexus. And uh, I'm sure this joke is made by everyone who <laughs> hears about this medical journal, but it's P-N-A-S Nexus. So Penas, Penas Nexus. <laughs> and uh, I have gone down to the big Penas conference like every year. I mean, for, for years and years. And uh, You're a big Penas fan, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a, People call me a Penas head all the time. I'm just... <laughs> I just can't get enough Pinos, really. Is Pinos swag all over the place? Yeah, yeah, Pinos swag <laughs> left and right. Um, but uh, yeah, down there at the big Pinos conference, um, it's usually a lot of trouble in the toilets, you know, um, just the water's so cold. Uh, anyway, okay, well, we can we can move on to the and none of the jokes. <laughs> yeah, none of the jokes. Uh, yeah, I just can't believe it. Why would you? Call seriously your it's it stands for the proceedings of the national academy of sciences right right call it like the minutes of the national academy of science or call it like um publications that no that wouldn't help can it call just it, be the national academy of sciences yeah the national academy of sciences review right? yeah yeah something like that but they tried to call it pinos yeah they they worked for that yeah oh that's ridiculous anyway Gets people talking, maybe. All right. I guess so. First dad joke. A slice of apple pie is $2.50 in Jamaica and $3 in the Bahamas. Those are the pirates of the Caribbean. It's <laughs> <laughs> so pointless. It's so, why, why? Why talk about it? That's great. That's pretty great. <clears throat> How do gender fluid computers communicate? Uh, wait, I don't know any of this terminology. Man, <laughs> uh, I don't know how. With non-binary code. Yo, that's exactly right. Nice. That's good stuff. Okay. Um, I told my son I was named after Thomas Jefferson. He said, but dad, your name's Brian. I said, I know, but I was named after Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Another little Brian shout out there. That was just written in the joke. Uh, it's all over this app. All right. Uh, my dad recently got an artificial knee. He calls it a phony. <laughs> That's good. It's <laughs> a very good call. Uh, my friend keeps saying, cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was delightful. Uh, good. That was good. Good round of jokes. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at jpopspodcast or by email at info at thejpops.com. Talk to you next time. See you next time. I knew it. <laughs>